Now, most of you might think that lube is only for, I don't know, older women who get dry down there or for couples who've been having sex with each other for such a long time that nobody gets excited anymore. But that is not true. Sometimes you need a little bit of extra help. Maybe you're going for one of those marathon sex sessions. Maybe you're doing some anal. Maybe um, you're trying out a new toy. But sometimes you really need lube. But you don't want to go and buy that shitty store-bought um, drugstore lube that, you know, smells weird, might burn you, gets sticky, is just all around really gross. I've been working in the porn industry for over 20 years, and I got to tell you that performers are very particular about their lube. They know the stuff that works well, and everybody loves this new lube called Woo that I've been bringing to set. It's all organic, it's non-GMO, it's antifungal, it's antibacterial, and it tastes and smells delicious. So trust me, if it works for porn sets, it's going to work perfectly for you at home. So you guys definitely want to try out this new lube called Woo, that's W-O-O, and you can go to wooforplay.com to pick up your bottle, and if you enter a discount code HOLLY, you will get 10% off plus free domestic shipping. So that's wooforplay.com, W-O-O-F-O-R-P-L-A-Y.com, and enter discount code HOLLY for your special deal. Trust me, you will not regret it. Today on the show, we have Dark Light. He is a crossover performer. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is somebody who works in gay and straight porn. It's attributed pretty much only to men um, because for some reason, women who do lesbian films, that's still considered straight porn. Don't ask me why, but that's something that we're going to get into on this show. I have so many questions for him, and I'm really excited to be enlightened about the gay and the trans porn community, something that I don't really know a lot about because I work in the straight porn community. So very grateful to have DR Light on. Let's get him in here and let's start the show. Thank you so much, D, for coming in. Thank it's so you. good to see you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for letting me come. I'm Are you kidding me? Super excited. You got to put that mic closer okay. to your mouth. Better? We want to hear you. Okay. I can hear me. Okay. But you can. Yeah. We want to we want to make sure you're at the same level as me. The worst thing is that I be louder than you. Okay. Because I am not the interesting guest here. It's okay. you. Thank you. I have a confession to make. So okay. I know that you had hit me up before about coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I won't lie, I sort of ignored you for a little while. It's okay. Just because I didn't know you. And I get a right. lot of people who hit me up. And I, if I don't know them, I'm like, I have like this one guy who like, he's like, do you want to do like a fan podcast? I'm like, no. <laughs> but then Angela White hit me up. I know. And she I was, was like, hey, there's this, you know, I just work with this guy, D. He's really cool and interesting. I think you should have him on my podcast. And I fucking love Angela White. Oh, she was God. one of my favorite guests. Yeah. I'm like, okay, if Angela White is recommending, him, then like 100% I will have him on because I totally Aww. trust her judgment. I love her. She's amazing. She was amazing. I was total happenstance that I got to work with her. Yeah. Uh, the other male talent screwed up the date and was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so I got a call and they're like, can you be here tomorrow? Yeah, okay. And they're like, it's Angela White. And I was like, okay. You're like, I can be there yeah, right I can now. Be there right now. <laughs> um, I'm already coming. Um, so I got to work with her and afterwards she had mentioned your name during it, something. Uh-huh. 
And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so we started talking about it. And she goes, I'm going to text her right now. And yeah. she, like, right in front of me sent you that message. Yeah. Now. And I was like, okay, recommendation from Angela Way. Like, I will always take her. that. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then it was funny because when I texted you about um, coming on this time, you were with Mercedes Carrera, mm-hmm. who I have coming on next week. Yeah. So I was like, oh, all the cool bitches love this guy. So he's got to be awesome. <laughs> right. Because Mercedes is also, safe. like, super great, like, really intelligent girl. I'm so excited to have her yeah. on. So I've, I've, I met Mercedes a while back, and then she requested me for mm-hmm. a buy scene that she did mm-hmm. for Mike Adams. Right. And originally it was, like, uh, Sergeant Miles, who I'm friends with, who's also a crossover performer. Right. And, like, a different guy. Right. And she saw that I was on the casting list for a different scene, and she goes, no, fuck that. Yeah. She's like, I want both of those guys together. Nice. And um, it went really well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, but uh, how the dynamic of the industry has really shifted towards being more accepting of bi, gay, trans performers. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in the industry for 20 years, and, like, that was not something that, like, anyone who was a quote-unquote mainstream star mm-hmm. would ever associate themselves with. Right. And now we're seeing, like, a lot more acceptance and a lot uh, more mixing of yeah. um, the genres, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, but I did want to ask you first um, about your background. Okay. So you said you, you were raised by women. So were yeah. you raised by a lesbian couple? No. Um at a very early age, like probably around five, my parents were divorced. Okay. Uh, my dad pretty much split. Mm-hmm. I think he just freaked out. Okay. Um, and I can understand why after I became an adult and dealt with my mom, I can totally get why he did that. <laughs> Isn't it funny, like that one moment when you yeah. recognize, you realize that your parents aren't God and they don't know everything no. yeah. and they do have issues and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I remember that moment where I was like, wait a minute, my parents actually don't know everything and they're not right about everything. And it was yeah. like this, this epiphany moment that I right. had. Yeah, so my, my, my dad really was just vacant. I mean, he mm-hmm. just wasn't there. Right. Um, even a couple years later when we started to see him again, it was mm-hmm. still just kind of eh. Do you have um, a relationship with him now? No. Okay. Um, once he discovered that, uh, one, that I was doing porn, but two, most importantly, that I was gay, mm-hmm. um, that was it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is after I was fully grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, grown man, been through a marriage, you know, mortgages and everything else. I'm like, why the fuck do I have to explain to you yeah. what I'm doing now? Like, right. you weren't even my father when I was eight years old. Right, right. Um, but no, he's not. And so it ended up being my mom and my sister. My okay. sister being five years older than me and my mom being kind of basically undiagnosed bipolar. Mm-hmm. My sister raised me in a sense. Oh wow! Yeah, my my mom left us when she was when my sister was seventeen. Wow! And I was twelve, and wow. so I grew up at twelve years old, being around a bunch of girls. Yeah. Um. Some of them wanted to dress me up, and some <laughs> of them, by the time I was age fourteen, wanted to have sex with me. So I was just like, "What do I do? What do right. I, you know?" So I really just got a huge respect for my sister and for just women in general because uh-huh. I was raised by them. Right. And I wasn't raised by. You know, the, my father just wasn't there. Right, right. Okay. So now you consider yourself bisexual, correct? Yeah. So I think there's a huge, for me, there's a big difference between like sexuality and sex and relationships. Okay. Um, I don't link the two together necessarily. Okay. Um, I am bisexual, not bi-relational. Okay. So, oh, shit. My thing just came unplugged. Uh-oh. 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 Can you still hear me though? Uh, yeah, I can okay. hear you. Um, so... I just ended, we just ended a, a 12-year relationship with a female. 
Mm -hmm. Um, She's a pro-dominatrix. She's also a performer. We were married for 10 years. Okay. Um, She knew I was bisexual before that. Right. Um, We played around with the same male partner sometimes. Right. Um, But once that was over and we're just friends now, I have completely found myself from a relationship standpoint Mm -hmm. um, most comfortable and drawn towards men. Okay, interesting. So yeah. you were before um, you felt that you were like, you like to have sex with men, but you w- like to have relationships with women. And now you've discovered that actually you're more in tune yeah. towards relationships with men yeah. and sex with women. Yeah, bitches be crazy. That's right? a big, so. that's a big change. I mean, what, <laughs> what helped you, what made you realize that? Um, I think just being, I found myself being really only comfortable in long-term settings with my wife. So mm-hmm. we, had, we had somewhat of an open relationship. Like right. we were swingers and we went to swing clubs, stuff like that. And I really never connected emotionally with any other women. Mm-hmm. Um, sexually, yes. I could go and be at a party and fuck them and whatever. Yeah. But as far as when I started kind of branching out on my own, just in the first few months moving to Vegas, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to really kind of discover who I am. I've mm-hmm. been in a long term relationship with a woman since I was 20 years old. Oh, wow. So for the first 20 years of my life, I only did that. Mm -hmm. And she kept telling me, I think, I totally think you're gay. Mm -hmm. My wife kept telling me that. And she's like, and I love it. It's awesome. But I think you need to go do that. Like, you see what it's like. And so I, like the first few times that I just went and hung out, it was like, oh my God, I feel so much more comfortable. Right. And I would have girls come over, some of them performers um, and hang out. We'd have sex at my house. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got an early morning. So yeah. And then they would go. Right. And then I'd have like a, a boy over and I'm like, did you want to stay? And, yeah. You know, we're making that, breakfast and coffee in the next That's morning. that distinction. Do you want them to spend the night right. or not? Because yeah. then that, that leads, that differentiates between mm-hmm. if it's just sex or if it's something like intimate. Because like yeah. sleeping in the same bed with somebody is different than sleeping with them. Right. Yeah. So I can definitely see that that would... Uh, yeah, if you were having those thoughts and those feelings, that that would make sense that you felt like you were leaning more towards like an intimate relationship with a guy. Yeah. So are you dating any men right now? I am. Is, yeah. Are you dating one in specifically or are you just dating no, a bunch I'm, of dudes? I'm so not ready to get into any kind of uh, serious relationship. Right. Um, after literally 20 years of being in one, Yeah. Um, it's time to just kind of have fun. And yeah. I think that's the other piece too. There's so many less or so there's so few roadblocks when it comes to dating men. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I mean, we are sluts, right? So <laughs> at the end of the day, you've just got a bunch of dudes that are horny and yeah. they want to fuck. And yeah. then they're cool with just like, all right, man, see you later. I'll see you in like, you know, a week or yeah. two weeks or three weeks. Right. So I'm kind of on that path right now. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of people that I've seen more than a few times that mm-hmm. I like go out with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very particular though, as far as the people that I will allow into that space. Right. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that are still down low or like, I want to be discreet. Right. I'm very particular and I'm like, if you can't sit next to me in a restaurant or you can't open my door when we go somewhere or you can't actually show that you're with me, right? I don't want to do that. Like, right. I've, I've gone through the headache and heartache of coming out publicly. Mm-hmm. I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I lost my sister. My family split when they found out. I don't necessarily want to be with somebody who hasn't made that commitment yet. Right. So no, that's understandable. It's fine for them. Like, I'm not judging them at all for wanting to not do that. Um, but I feel like I'm in a place now where I want to be with people that have gone through that. Now, you said that the first person that you ever had sex with was a man, right? Correct. So when did you start to have an inkling that you might be gay? 
Um, high school. Well, okay. junior high, actually. So okay. 14, 13. Um, my first three experiences with men were actually not consensual. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time, it really pissed me off and it bothered me and thousands of dollars of therapy later. Yeah. Uh, I kind of found out that in a way it was a blessing in disguise because hmm. I look back at it now and go, other than the circumstances in which it happened, Mm-hmm. The physical act itself was that repulsive to me, or did mm-hmm. I like look back at it and go, "Ugh, no"? Like mm-hmm. I look back at it now and go, "Gosh, if I was of age or if I was a consent, mm-hmm. that would have been cool." So was it more of like a you were much younger than the people that you were yeah. with, and they took advantage of right. that? Yeah, all of them were less than a, eighteen, so all of them okay. were less than adult age. Right. Um, my first one was at about nine years old. Oh dear. Um, second one was around 10 or 11. Okay. And then my last one was around 13. Okay. And it wasn't until about the 13 uh-huh. um, when I realized that although this person was kind of manipulating me and pushing me into that situation uh-huh. and then making me feel like shit afterwards by saying, if you tell anybody, they're going to know you're a faggot. And yeah. Blah, blah, I still liked it. Like right. I liked the act of what we did. Um, and then I basically found somebody that I liked at 13. Mm-hmm. It was just a really close friend and we ended up having sex. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how, when did you actually come out and how was that, what made you finally decide to make that, to come out and yeah. how was that progression? Like, did you really try to hide it all through high school? Yeah. That must've been really hard. Yeah. I did hide it. I was bisexual in high school. Okay. So I had guys that I would sleep with and I had girlfriends. But did did like the like did your schoolmates know that you were having sex with guys? So you were hiding no. all, all that stuff yeah. under wraps. Yeah, I was in all, all the sports, so okay. I played a lot of sports. I played you know, every sport you can think of. Right. And for whatever reason, I always found the gay guy on the team. You know, it was just like, <laughs> it was like a magnet. So easy to do. <laughs> what is it about me? Um, so. I had gay dark when I was super young. Yeah. Um, but I also found the cheerleaders and I also found – and it was just – it was natural to me. But right. I, there was still this shame in my head that repeated over and over that you shouldn't do that. Right. And it started with that one kid when I was 13 that I would give him a blowjob and then after he was done, he'd go, if you tell anybody, they're going to know you're a faggot and right. this is wrong. Yeah. And that carried with me all the way until – um, I literally woke up from a dream with my wife next to me and I was screaming and she's like, what's wrong? And it was this weird dream about somebody kicking in the bathroom door mm. and telling me that I was a faggot. And I, mm-hmm. it literally brought up every memory that I had of being abused as a kid. Wow. I, I like repressed that right. until I was, fuck, 38 years old. Wow. And then I had this conversation with her and she's like, that's weird because every time we've had a bisexual experience, we've invited a guy over, we've had sex, it's been great. Like the next day you always feel guilty. Yeah. Like you just did something wrong. And I'm like, that has to be where it fucking came from. Right. So it wasn't until I recognized that and started to attack that feeling mm-hmm. that it got better. I didn't come out publicly until three months ago, four oh, months ago. Holy shit. Yeah. So wait, have you been, how long have you been in the porn industry? Three years. And people have always assumed that I was gay for pay. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I got so much hate mail. Like the first, oh God, like year, year and a half, I would get tweets where people were like, you're not gay enough to be in gay porn and fuck you and your friend. I'm like, please teach me how to get to the level of gaydom that you speak <laughs> of. Like, is, are there special requirements? Do I have to suck a certain amount of dick? Like, I, 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 I want to reach this level and I feel like right. I'm just, you know, I need a cheat code. Give me a cheat code yeah. and, and we'll get there. But it wasn't until I came out publicly that that stopped. Right. So why do you think that that happened? Um, do you, I mean, I 
I, I so I've had like Buck Angel on, yeah. and I remember I had Nina Hartley on, and she mm-hmm. told me, you know, she was bisexual, you know, back like I mean, we're talking like back in the seventies, you know, way before there was any kind of um, the acceptance that we're starting to finally see come through right. very slowly and not, you know, quickly enough. Um, you know, people would tell her uh, pick a side. Um, and and Buck has told me, you know, that there's a lot of there's you know some a lot of anger in the transgender community about even like being a trans activist and like even explaining like to a cisgender person. Um, and by the way, for those of you who are listening and don't know, a cisgender person is somebody who's considered uh, who's straight, like me. Right. Like I am a woman. I like men. Born a woman. Born with a vagina. Born, yeah, yeah. Born a woman. Um, born with a vagina. I have no desire to be a man. Right. Um, and then obviously opposite. Opposite for men, men born with a penis, no desire to be a woman. Right. So it's considered a cisgender, which is actually a new word that I only just learned this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so, and he was saying, you know, like some trans people are like, you know, we don't need to explain to straight people or cisgender people why we are the way we are. And for him, he feels that it's important to, because if you want people to accept you for who you are, they need to understand why you are that way. And and it's important to have that communication so people can become more tolerant. Yeah. Um, So is that kind of like, how do you feel about the gay community in Um, that way? I think as a whole, um, I've never really felt like ostracized or put out Mm -hmm. by the gay community other than some of these like, rebel gay fans that right. you know are probably downloading all their shit for free anyway and so they're coming up and going well, you're not gay enough to do gay porn and I'm yeah. like I, I think my final I told one guy I just wouldn't let it go I said listen he said you don't post anything about gay men that you have sex with off camera I go bitch I don't post anything about what I do off camera right this is not my personal profile right. this is my you know my public professional profile the only thing you need to know is I probably still suck dick better than you and if you don't <laughs> believe me ask your dad and and that was pretty much the end of it I've never once I went out once I came out I have not had anything like that interesting um, do you have a lot of people who were like happy that you came out they were like um, finally or that they felt that you added some legitimacy yeah. to I don't not, and they didn't come out publicly about it but I will tell you I picked up I lost a, a huge amount of followers when I first came out mm. and then it like tripled up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, interesting. A few, yeah. Cause people were like, okay, now we can accept, now we can watch this guy go down on him on, and go, Oh, that's real. Yeah. Like he's really doing that. Yeah. Um, and then I just started getting booked Yeah, a lot uh, for gay porn. So the gay for pay thing, I mean, that's, you know, something that I know is like a big draw and a big fetish in gay porn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to do something probably with the manipulation of getting somebody to do something they don't necessarily want to do, which we see in straight porn as All well. Yeah. You know, like the whole, like the, the innocent, yeah, yeah, the innocent teen or mm-hmm. like, you know, the, uh, the coercion. So that's, that's something that I see on both sides. Right. Um, but so, for you, like, what, I mean, do you believe, because there's also, like, two straight people who don't believe there's such thing as a gay for pay. Like, if you're a gay mm-hmm. for pay porn star, you're actually gay, but you don't want to admit you're gay. So you're saying you're gay yeah. for pay. Because I guess these straight men can't fathom the idea of sure. ever doing anything gay, um, you know, at all for any kind right. of money. What do you think about that? Um, I think it all goes back to what you believe is the true definition of the label that they're giving themselves. Mm. Um, I have a, a good friend. He's in the industry. He was in the industry. He's kind of coming back smoking hot. Um, and he considers himself straight. Mm-hmm. 
but we've had sex off camera. Um, and he's like, but I'm a straight male, but I like getting fucked every once in a while. Hmm. But he just, that's how he defines himself as still okay. as a straight person. So if somebody believes that they're straight, who the fuck am I to say that? No, you're not. Just right. because you had sex with a man. Right. Because there's, where is the line that says you're now gay? Right. Right. So I do find it interesting that someone that I guess by most definition is straight would not have a hard time getting a boner and keeping it during an entire gay scene. Right. I guess that's, that's, that's kind of the question. Like, because they're like, well, obviously you're gay because you get a hard on. So like, how could you get a hard on if you weren't turned on? And therefore that means you're gay. So it's like this whole like weird convoluted yeah. thing. And you know, as a woman, like, I don't really know, yeah. you know, how that would be. I, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a straight man or a gay man or whatever. Right. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, with women, like there's, there's more fluidity there, you know, like you mm-hmm. can be a straight girl and have sex with women sometimes yeah. and that's just like hot, but that doesn't it's make hot. you bi no. or a lesbian. Like, so for example, for me, like I consider myself very straight. Like mm-hmm. I'm not into girls at all. I love dick. I love men. Like I'm, I'm super into that. Like mm-hmm. women do not turn me on, but I've had two bisexual experiences. Right. Um, once was I was in Amsterdam with my ex boyfriend right out of high school. I was seventeen years old. We went to the red light district and we hired a hooker. Right. And we shared her. And she actually like was not into me. And like she ate me out for a little bit, but then she like went to him. And then eventually yeah. I just gave up and I just sat there and I just watched my boyfriend fuck her. I was like, clearly like she doesn't want to fuck me. I'm like but, but actually like watching my boyfriend have sex with her was kind of more interesting cool. to me yeah. than engaging with her. Right. And then another time was um several years later when I was in my twenties and I was still drinking and um I had a Halloween party and this girl came over and <laughs> she dressed as Rainbow Bright. And that I was like obsessed with Rainbow Bright when I was a kid. So I mm-hmm. don't know, maybe there was some like weird like childhood fantasy wrapped yeah. up in there. And we got really drunk. We started dancing. Then we started making out. And then we like took a shower together. And it was like this whole thing. And then I remember like she brought her boyfriend in. And I was like super bummed. And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> like, I don't want this guy. Like, I want to just be with you. I don't want this guy in there. But then I felt bad. So I like sucked his dick. I was like, fine. I don't want to be a jerk. The courtesy blow. Right? Yeah. So, and then also too, when I was an adolescent, like kind of going through puberty, I had lesbian fantasies all the time. Yeah. All the time. I was super into that. I would only masturbate to lesbian fantasies. My Barbies were lesbians and they had sex. But then like once I grew out of puberty, I lost that. And like I, since, you know, that last incident when I was in my 20s, I haven't touched a woman and I've had no desire to touch a woman. So I don't know. Like I guess what does that make me? Because if I was a man, then a lot of people would be like, oh, well, then you're gay because you had these experiences in your past and you were into it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that bothers me, not just in this industry, but just in general life is there is that acceptance of fluidity with women Mm -hmm. and it's not nearly as accepted with men. Nope. I consider myself extremely fluid. And mm-hmm. I even when I when I came out publicly, I put on there and I go, I will never actually adhere to one particular sexuality. I'll yeah. always be fluid. But for some of you fucking people that will never get it, mm-hmm. I date boys, I kiss boys, I fuck boys, I love boys, I'm a gay male. Right. If that helps you. Right. It's because not, society needs to put a label right, on you. You have to put a label on something. Because they don't understand you. And I understand their need for labels as a society, right? We have mm-hmm. to be able to define some things in order to communicate with somebody what something is. Right. But I think the unintended consequence that we're creating by just labeling the 
fuck out of everything mm-hmm. is we're starting to create just unneeded segregation. Yeah, polar, right? real polarization. Totally, yeah. and we're doing it to ourselves. Like when right. we start saying that is that person gay or they bi or they, you know, like the pansexual thing. I I don't consider myself pansexual because if I want to have sex with a transgender female, to me they're female. Okay, so can you explain what pan- pansexual means? That's basically, pansexual is, is that you are attracted to someone regardless of their genitalia. Okay. Right? So okay. it doesn't matter if they're trans, cis male, cis female. doesn't matter. You're attracted to the person regardless. Right. And to me, in my mind, there's either, there's either bisexuality, gay, or straight. Because if I'm having sex with – if I'm attracted to a trans female, in my mind, they're female. Mm-hmm. They're not trans female. They're female. Right. Like, so then that would make you bisexual. Right. Right. So the whole pansexual thing to me is just an added confusion. Like, right. You know, so confused. Right? My brain is already spinning. I'm yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it's so confusing. You know, there's uh, Chanel Santini, who I've worked with a few times, is mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she, she has sat, a huge dick. But. Yeah, it's so funny because at, at the Expos Awards, she sat at her table, and my boyfriend, mm-hmm. who's super straight, looked at her. He's like, oh, God, that girl's beautiful. And then yeah. she won Trans Performer of the Year, and he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. He was totally surprised. Yeah, yeah I have pictures of... She she shot a scene for me for my production, and I had poker chips all over the table or mm-hmm. all over the bed, and she was laying on them, and we took all these pictures. And I'll show people, like, oh, my God, she's gorgeous. And then the next, you slide over, the next one is, like, me sucking her dick. And they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so, But I just think of Chanel as a girl. Right. She's a 20-year-old hot, hot girl. Right, so right, right. I'm not pansexual. I'm bisexual if I want to have sex with Right, her. right. You know? And it's interesting, too. I don't know. Do you ever think about, um, like, the ancient Greeks and Romans where there was sexual fluidity with men, and there was a lot of, um, you know, and but also too. Then it was considered you were considered less than if you were taking it, if you were a bottom. So like yeah. these emperors who would have these boys would only like be a top, right? But they weren't considered gay. It was totally Mm-mm. accepted then. Right. So like, when did we create this rigid structure of you know gay? Yeah. Um, straight, and we had felt like we had to. Like, I wonder when that when that came in and when that was created. There's got to be some like historical there is. context. I'm sure around there is, that. and it's funny because I, I've talked to people about that. And I go, you know, it was actually uh, encouraged among the soldiers to have mm-hmm. sex and mm-hmm. and actually have this relationship with mm-hmm. each other because they were more likely to defend each other in battle. Right? Yeah, because there was an emotional connection. Right, there. right, right. So it wasn't even looked at bad at all. Right. And, and it's interesting, too. So I had an author on um, uh, Christopher Ryan who wrote uh, Sex, Sex at, at Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Have you read that book? I started. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. Yeah, he's amazing. So um, if you got, you guys should go back and listen to that podcast because mm-hmm. I'm totally going to fucking misquote him right now because um, he had, was such a wealth of information and I can't remember all of it. But we were talking about you know um, sexuality as it's defined differently in different cultures. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about a tribe – I feel like maybe it was New Zealand. It could be totally wrong. But anyways. The more semen they swallow, the more like. Yes, exactly. So like the boys are considered, are encouraged to suck the dick and uh, swallow the semen of the warriors because Mm -hmm. they, it was considered that the more semen that you ingested from these powerful men, the more powerful and the more manly you would become as you as you grew up, which is the complete opposite of right. how we see things. Yeah. And it just goes to show like how much society and we, we so think that we think the way that we think, cause that's how we think, but mm-hmm. like society has programmed us and people just don't see it. Yeah. And it's really interesting when you study these other cultures and you know how they flip the script on sexuality and see things differently. It really shows you that like 
how how programmed we are. Yeah. And we just don't see it. Right. It's crazy. And it's interesting you brought up the whole thing about bottoms. And I'm verse, so um, I tell the way I describe myself is I'm like 90% a top mm-hmm. um, and I'm 10% power slut bottom. So mm-hmm. like even when I was shooting femdom, like if I'm going to a point where I'm going to bottom for a girl with a strap on, it better be big and it better be hard. Mm. And like Angela White was like, I mean, at one point we're sitting there talking and she's off camera. We're just talking about something and she's like trying to warm up my butt and her hand just goes in. Wow. And she's like, oh my God. And she's this is amazing. <laughs> I go, well, that's just, you've got me at that place now. Like, right. you can just do whatever you want to. Right, right, right. Um, but the thing about, like, I have so much respect for the guys that I work with or I've been with that are just pretty much bottoming all the time. Right. They are far stronger than the tops mm. because it's, it's work. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Take work. It. I feel like, was I looking at your Twitter and you were like, I woke up with a boy in bed this morning. You had like your whole arm in his butt. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, that's his whole arm in his butt. Holy shit. Like, yeah. how did that get in there? That was literally to here. Yeah, right? I know. I you saw see it. a tattoo on my arm. Oh there. my god! So yeah. for those of you that are just listening, he just pointed to his elbow. Yeah, <laughs> so that was like a whole forearm, yeah. and you don't have small arms. No, either. they're long. Yeah, yeah. That was cr- I like. I mean, like, were you touching like his like stomach there? Like, um, actually, uh, you. I was. You can feel his heartbeat. Jeez! Like you can literally Christ. feel like it was getting like more and more like. Quicker and quicker like and quicker. The Indiana further Jones I went in. when he like rips and, the yeah, beating heart. You can actually <laughs> feel very strong his heartbeat. Wow, that's cur- I've never shoved my <laughs> fist up anyone's <laughs> butt, so I'm just gonna have to take your word for yeah, it. It's intense. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So so you consider yourself more of a top because I also have talked to other gay men who define themselves as only a top mm-hmm. or only a bottom, and they'll like sure. be offended if you suggest that they might be a bottom. Yeah. Which is interesting. So, like, it's almost yeah. like they're still trying to cling to, like, that masculinity Maybe. or something like that. Do you think that that's it? Or do you think it's, like, the dominant type of thing? It could be more. It's probably more of a dominance thing. Yeah. You know, they're just more comfortable in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm more comfortable topping, I think, just because of my bisexuality and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, obviously when I'm with women, I'm topping. If you're with women, right. you're pretty much almost topping unless right. you're not. Right. <laughs> um, so I think that's where that came from. But uh, I don't know. I, the, all the bottoms that are strictly bottoms that I've met Mm -hmm. are some of the just biggest, baddest, buffest, most ripped. I mean, I just worked with a guy, Michael Roman, not too long ago, six Mm -hmm. foot three, 240 pounds. You see his picture and you're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, you know, he's like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Um, And so I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for the guys that can go in there and do that. And they just, it's much more difficult. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely had my share of anal sex, but nothing like that um, big. And it, you're right. You do have to get yourself like to kind of a place mentally where you can, yeah. you can relax. Because it really is just a muscle. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's harder for me, too, because I'm actually uh, very sensitive and can have uh, prostate and anal orgasms really quick. Mm. And so it's hard for me to shoot a scene. Angela will tell you this. If you talk to her, she started with a strap on. And I think I came in like... 30 seconds or a wow. minute. And there was like eight more minutes of this that's going to happen. Yeah. And she's like, you just better grab something and hold on. Because <laughs> at that point, I was just like, oh, my God, this is just terrible. Um, so I total respect for the guys that can just go through that. Yeah. You know? I have a question for you, actually, because I've never watched – I don't think I've ever watched a femdom scene. Mm-hmm. Do they want you to, like, have the ejaculation at the end like they do yeah. in straight porn? 
Um, it depends. There's some that are like orgasm denial. Okay. Uh, there's some that are ruined orgasms, but the worst fucking thing ever. Ugh. Where they're sitting there jerking you off, and like right when you go to come, they just let go and they just like walk away, and Ugh. you're like tied up, and you're like, oh my god, I'm coming, but it hurts, it sucks, and I want Ugh. more. Um, those are the worst. Yeah. Um, it just depends. Um, there's some that like I got my start actually doing a femdom scene. Mm -hmm. My very first porn ever was for kink, Mm -hmm. uh, for Divine Bitches with Mm -hmm. um, a woman named Madeline Marlowe. Okay. And uh, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, She tasered my asshole. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Was Um, that enjoyable? No. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, it doesn't sound like it. She asked me at the beginning, you know, what what nose do you have? What do you not want to do? And And I'm like, like, I don't don't know. know. Like, let's just figure it out. Um, and so, is yeah. Is that a no, on your no list yeah. now? Ta- yeah. A- asshole tasering? No asshole You're not tasering. A fan. No. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's leave that thing alone. <laughs> um, and uh, hogtied, tasered, uh, hit with a cane so hard it broke. Oh, a whip. I got caned once and it was the worst. Yeah. I didn't um, like it at all. So I, I was, still am, a very heavy masochist. Mm-hmm. Like when I go there, you can run a dump truck over me. Mm-hmm. And they found that out really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done scenes where two girls have opened up my back with bull whips, like just blood. <laughs> um, yeah, so my very first scene was like that. And then I w- expected at the end, oh, yeah, I'm going to have sex with him too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is my first porn ever, no Viagra, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I got a huge heart on. Fuck this woman. Came, and at the end they're like, wow, that was fucking amazing that you did that. I'm like, why? It's not normal. I had grown. I had been with a dominatrix for the last couple of years. Right. To me, that's what we do on Tuesday night. You know, wasn't, <laughs> that, that's yeah. It's like Taco Tuesdays, right? So tacos yeah. and uh. <laughs> yeah, tacos and bullwhips. Um, so you know, thank God that I was kind of normal for me. But I right. could see how it would be terrifying for just some guy that wants to get into porn, and that's your first. Yeah. Yeah, piece of it. It's so. interesting, like, how many people I've talked to who discovered their sexual preferences in porn, like, didn't mm-hmm. even know what they liked until they got into porn. Yeah, yeah. So how did you – so actually, that leads me perfectly to the question, how did you get into porn? Yeah, wow. Um, so obviously, I didn't do it when I was 19. Um, I've always, since I was probably 21, 22, as far back as I can remember, I've always just thought of, like, Man, I knew I, I knew I could do that. I mm-hmm. love. I'm an exhibitionist by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I can have sex in front of 500 people. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether I'm topping or bottoming. Um, I love it. I loved going to swinger parties and just letting people do whatever they wanted, whatever right. whatever felt good. It didn't bother me. I wasn't scared. Right. Um, it was actually a turn on to do things in front of people. Right. Um, but and that I, is like the formula for the perfect porn star. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean porn stars are generally exhibitionists. Like they sure. like they get turned on by people watching them, you know. Right. And and people have asked me like numerous times, like, why don't you do porn? I am not an exhibitionist at all. I don't even yeah. like looking at myself in the mirror when I'm getting fucked. Yeah. Like much less other people watching right. me. Like there's no way. Like I am so not into that. Yeah. And you know, I recognize that, which is why like if I ever did porn, like I would be compromising um I don't want to say like my integrity, but you know, like my what my comfort level. Yeah, you know, for money because like I would not be comfortable doing right. it. Like I know that for a fact because yeah. I know I know how I am. No, I love it. I, I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went through a series of uh, different uh, positions in a career, and I realized that I got really, really good at doing jobs that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of one of the best books I wrote or read was Andre Agassi's autobiography mm-hmm. about how he fucking hated tennis. Hmm. He's always hated tennis. 
Is that why he was such a fucking dick? <laughs> but he was amazing at it, right? Yeah. He's like, I have to do this job that I fucking hate. It's all I can ever do. Uh, and I felt like that. Mm. you know. And I became uh, a vice president of a multi-billion dollar company. I ran half, basically, of a multi-billion dollar company. Wow. And they started downsizing. Economy was not that great. Um, and since I was the newest in position, it was like, we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember sitting there talking to um, Helena and saying, I don't want to fucking go back into doing this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Helena you- was your wife, right? Yeah. Okay. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? And she was already pro-dom at that point. And I said, I kind of want to just do porn. And she goes, okay, you should do that then. And we ended up at a really good friend of ours. Her name is Ariel X, and mm-hmm. she's been with I know for- who she yeah. is. Yeah. Um, we'd known her for 10 years, and we were at a Halloween party. And I looked at her and I said, I think – and I had let her tie me up before, mm-hmm. and she had done it. And ever since then, she was like, I really think you'd be good at porn. So I said, I want to do it. And she goes, fuck, thank God. <laughs> and so she finally just introduced me to kink, and that's just how it started. And I, I just wanted to do something while I was waiting to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. And it just so happened that that one scene that I did ended up turning into like 12 scenes the next month. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. I guess this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like porn's like the black hole. You have to move faster than the speed of light right. to get out. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't one of those things where I felt stuck. I was like, oh, you shit. Found, you felt it like you happened. found your place. Yeah, and yeah. then I did two femdom scenes. I did one with her and then one with Sheree DeVille. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Chanel, love. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's God. the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Sheree. And then I did one with Chanel Preston. Okay. And then immediately. She's after, also awesome. Yeah, and they asked me. Madeline came over and she goes, how do you feel about doing some trans stuff? And I was like, I've always thought they're so hot. Mm-hmm. And she goes, all right, cool. So she booked me for my first trans scene, and that was it. Like at that point, when I did that scene, I was like, I know what I want to do. Okay. Do you have a preference over like a trans scene or a gay scene or mm. a femdom scene? Or um, are they all like specialty for different reasons? No, I would say if you were to pick one type of shoot or that I would gravitate towards, it would be the gay shoot. Okay. Um, typically, because one, I'm going to make double or triple what mm. my normal rate is for mm-hmm. a boy girl scene. Mm-hmm. Um, even no, the gay community like there's so much more money in it. I know we Damn take it. care of our boys. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, you just walk into a house and there's just five or six guys running around in underwear, feeling each other, and like, oh, this is so fun. <laughs> there's no pressure. There's no stress. The guy yeah. behind the camera is gay. I mean, it's just like everybody's like, all right, let's fucking film it. Yeah, you know. Um, I've I've never been on a stressful gay set other than one, which was. Very heavy BDSM. Like, I was beating the shit out of a guy that mm-hmm. I thought was so cute. And I'm not good at that. Like, I am mm-hmm. not a dominatrix. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do it. I can certainly do it if that's what they want. But It's not I, your nature. It's not. Like, I just wanted to have sex with him. And I ended up sticking, like, a mag flashlight up his ass and, like, turning it on. And I was like, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, like, this is not fun. Um, and so Why that, did, like, stranger things just come to mind when you said that? Isn't that weird? Like, who does that? And who gets off on that? But fuck it, let's do it. Let's do shadow puppets on the wall with your butthole. Upside down world. Yeah. So, but I would say gay. Um, I've always enjoyed my trans shoots because I just, mm-hmm. there's something about letting, uh, just having sex with somebody in the way that you'd want to have sex. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people I've, I've never shot something that I wouldn't do in my personal life. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's a great rule to abide by, and I think that everybody who works in porn really should take that to heart because, you know, I know a lot of girls that have done stuff in porn that they wouldn't do in their 
um, normal life that they're not comfortable with, but they did it for money, yeah. and they always regret it. Yeah, and I, I would never judge something somebody for making that call, right? At mm-hmm. the end of the day, I don't pay your bills. I right. don't. I don't put a roof over your head. So you got to do what the fuck you got to do yeah. to pay your bills. Yeah. But I mean, I remember I turned down a guy one time because he wanted to do a photo shoot with me, where I ended up uh, jerking off on the American flag, mm. and. You know, my dad was a vet, and my father-in-law was a vet and very patriotic. And I just went to at Helena, and I said, how would you feel about that? And she goes, I don't like it. And I yeah. go, nope, not going to happen. Yeah, and I he offered me double, and I still said no, because yeah. it's not something that I would do. I wouldn't sit at home and jerk off on an American flag, Yeah, so I'm not going to get there. <laughs> so I think gay shoots are probably my favorite. But then again, like yesterday, I shot with Riley Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley Nixon is one of my most favorite people, not mm-hmm. just performers, but people. Mm-hmm. And I shot a, a shoot for her where we had eight different scenes of me eating her out until she came. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that. I that's mean, I, awesome. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shoots to do. Yeah. So it's hard because it, it, it all depends on the person. Uh-huh. You know, Mercedes Carrera, my buy shoot with Mercedes was one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. It was so hot. We still talk about it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Um, okay, so I want to ask you about something that's a very contentious subject mm-hmm. in the industry, and it's the whole idea of crossover talent. So, um, no, for those of you who don't know, a crossover talent is somebody who does uh, gay porn or, I guess, bi- has sex with men and has sex with women. Yeah, tra- so, they can do trans. Or trans, yeah. yeah. Trans so basically, history. they like a man who has sex with a penis, whatever it's attached to, and then also does like the straight porn. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because the straight porn industry and like the gay porn industry, and I guess even the trans porn industry now, which is its own thing, um, are so segregated and super separate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are surprised by that. Um, cause people will ask me questions about the gay community. And I'm like, I don't know anything about the gay community. Right. And there's a lot of girls, straight girls, who don't want to have sex with men who have sex with other men or trans performers or whatnot. Right. And um, it's interesting because, you know, I've been in the industry an incredibly long time. And I remember back in the day, like one of the first crossover performers that I started working with that came on my radar was Christian XXX. You know Christian Triple X, yeah. Yeah, Christian Triple X. So. Um, he was with, and this is back when he was with Phoenix Marie. I oh, mean, wow. this is fucking yeah. ages ago, mm-hmm. right? And he, you know, he's this big buff dude. He's a great performer, really nice, super smart, um, you know, just really pleasant to work with. And so we booked him a few times. And actually, honestly, I didn't know that he was a crossover performer with a couple of first times that we worked with him. I had mm-hmm. no idea. And then I remember a girl canceled once she found out that her male partner was going to be him. And I was like, why? She's like, oh, he does gay porn too. And I was like, oh, he does? I didn't even know that. Right. And then I looked it up and I saw that that was the case. And then once that kind of started to get out there, I had a lot of problems booking him because a lot of girls yeah. would say no because of what he had done. And then it got to the point where like I would have – and I'm like – I would have to tell them when I would – book him or when I would consider him I'd be, I would have to tell him that they had done he had done gay porn I had to yeah. disclose that because I didn't want to be dishonest but then there was a part of me like wh- why do I have to tell them this like is it this important but mm-hmm. you know it was to them and obviously I respect girls and their choices and their bodies and they can decide who they want to have sex Absolutely. with for whatever fucking reason mm-hmm. um, but I've definitely seen a shift in that trend recently and yeah. you know like I was saying earlier you know you know, ten years ago, a mainstream female performer wouldn't dream mm-hmm. of doing a trans scene. Never in a million right. fucking years, because it would be 
bad for their career. I mean, dude, yeah. 10 years ago, girls wouldn't have sex with black guys because interracial was bad for their career. Right. I mean, all of that is changing, which is great, but it's still, it's mm-hmm. still there. So, um, you know, now we've got mainstream performers like Mercedes Carrera. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like Jessica Drake, who went and she did that transient, yeah. which was a Amazing. big, yeah. big deal. You know, I mean, she's been in the industry a long time and has been, you know, a very respected figure in the adult industry. So I felt like for for that, that was really her, like, kind of sending a message about, you know, moving towards a world where we're more accepting of people's sexuality and um, gender identity and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So... How do you feel about that? Like, if I was to book you with a girl who then decided she didn't want to work with you because she knows that you've had sex with men or trans performers, Mm -hmm. I mean, how – I'm sure that you would respect her decision, but Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? Um, It depends on the reasoning behind it, right? If if someone is just, you know what, I'm not into gay guys. I'm not into guys that like guys. I'm not into bisexual guys. It Mm -hmm. just doesn't do anything for me, and if I have a choice of who I'm going to work with – I'm going to choose not to work with that person, mm-hmm. then I completely understand that. Right. Um, if it's because there's a misconception and a, and they are naive to uh, how STDs work and right. HIV works and, you know, as somebody not jokingly but kind of tried to make it a joke and said, well, you know, we got to be careful with the crossovers because they make the AIDS. And it's like I know they were kind of kidding because mm-hmm. it's it's just a stipulation out there of stigma, mm-hmm. um, but what some didn't get and what they were reporting on is like I put on there I said on Twitter one time I said I take the same exact test that you do before we go and do a shoot. Mm-hmm. I get tested every thirteen days, mm-hmm. regardless if I have work coming up or not, because mm-hmm. I'll always get something. Somebody always just drops out or whatever the case may be. I have never knock on wood. Um, you can check past anybody that wants to. I've never had an STD. Yeah. Um, and so if I take the same test walking into the shoot that you do, how come that test is not valid? Right. Because of who I shot with prior to taking right. it. Okay. And then also too, just real quick, I want to explain to the listeners because I'm this season, I'm being way more conscious of okay. the layman who is listening to um, these conversations who doesn't understand industry jargon. So I, that's why I keep jumping in and explaining stuff. So, um, in at least, and we'll get into like the gay testing thing because yeah. that's something that I don't know a lot about. Sure. In the straight community, um, we require that uh, performers get tested every 14 days mm-hmm. um, or every 13 days so you don't have that one day crossover yeah. um, to make sure that they are clean and that they won't be transmitting STDs to other people. PASS is a universal industry-wide system in which – people's results are put into that and then producers and only producers you have to register so like mm-hmm. the average person can't go in there and like look up people's STD tests but producers such as myself go in and they check that the performer right. has tested within the 14 day window of whenever mm-hmm. they're going to shoot and that they are clean and that they are good to shoot so just so people know that understand that so sorry go yeah on. no uh so i that would be my only time when I really have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm – I mean, again, I respect everybody's choice for their own body. It's their choice. It's it, There's nothing I'm going to say um, or do t- that I feel like I need to force you to make a decision different than what you feel. Right. But when somebody's doing something based off of misinformation, mm-hmm. um, I feel like they should just be educated to it. Right. Right. Um, I jokingly, but really it's not a joke, put it on Twitter, if I was a girl that was shooting a lot of anal scenes, I would request a crossover performer every time mm-hmm. because we 
shoot a lot of anal when we're on the gay side. <laughs> and, so, and what you bring up is so interesting too, because you know a lot of people will say the reason they don't want to work with a crossover performer is because they obviously do a lot of anal because mm-hmm. that's the orifice that they have to choose from. Right. Um, and you know, STDs are more easily transmitted through anal sex because there's a thinner um, wall there. Mm-hmm. But why don't we apply that same concern to straight girls who do a lot, a lot of, of anal. anal? Because same thing, uh-huh. I guess. And it's easier for a man to transmit to a woman an STD. Um, but I, I guess one could argue that, oh, well, the guy is not having sex with other guys, the straight man who's doing the anal with all these girls. So therefore, there's less likelihood. Yeah. Of, there's less, I guess, anal going around overall, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that would be based on a really big assumption that never, ever has a guy that's doing straight porn ever. Right. And and you bring up something else, which is also very interesting, is that, and this is the truth, and this is um, something that has been brought up before, is that we don't know what people do in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they're going out to, if a straight man is going out to gay clubs on his nights off and fucking 10 dudes, mm-hmm. you know, um, without a condom, right. guys who aren't tested, you know, we don't know. We don't know if girls who are working in the industry are going off and doing escorting on the side and right. having sex without condoms with clients who aren't tested. Um, so those are all risks and considerations that sure. one must have. So it does really boil down to the question, is there an inherent homophobia in that decision that maybe people sure. don't even realize yeah. they're making that decision because of that. Yeah. And, and I, a while back, and I know it's certainly not the most accurate thing to do, but I put a poll on Twitter and I, I put two of them. I put one that said, um, female uh, talent only mm-hmm. uh, answer this question. Do you find bisexual men either a hot Total turn off, or you could really care less. Mm-hmm. It was over seventy five percent came back and said they find it extremely attractive. Interesting. So to see two men that are really attracted into each other having sex, and they're they're turned on by that. Bisex mm-hmm. men are great for them. This was mm-hmm. now who knows how many of those weren't actual female talent, but seventy five percent still a pretty good percentage. And then I put another one out that said, given the chance that you would have total say over and control over who you shot with, mm-hmm. not an agent. Not a director, not anyone. Would your open? Would you be more open with shooting with crossover or by guys? And mm-hmm. it was it was like sixty five percent said yes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a lot of a lot of it's coming, unfortunately, from the agents. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked with girls that are with a particular agent or agency, where it's like you can do this, 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 but don't let him put his penis inside you. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I don't. I don't disagree with you because there's still you know that idea that. Um, it's bad for your career if you work yeah. with a crossover performer or if you do any scene that isn't a straight, straight scene. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of an interesting question. Yeah. And if it is, it, it, the, if somebody says, hey, if you're seen with a quote-unquote gay male or a bi male in a scene and then your core base of uh, fans mm-hmm. is turned off by that and it's going to hurt future bookings for you – then that's fine. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. That makes you know. Don't hurt your career over it. Yeah. Um, I'm not asking anybody to be a martyr. Right. Um, but if it's just based off the fact that you 
are uneducated about how the testing works. Okay. I think that's a completely different thing that can be talked about. So that uh, leads me to the next question. What are the testing procedures in the gay community? Because I know in the straight community, we're very strict. Everybody, mm-hmm. 14 days. Sure. Like across the board if you're yeah. shooting professional shoots. Um, no questions about that. Um, in the Now, this is what I've heard from somebody who doesn't know sure. anything about the gay community. I've heard that some people test mm-hmm. um, and then shoot bareback. I've mm-hmm. heard that some studios don't test, but they all shoot with condoms. I've heard that some studios don't test or they only hire other HIV-positive people to work with HIV-positive people with no condom. Is sure. any of that true? Um, yeah, it's all true to a certain degree. And, you know, there's – so – the the scenes that I've done, the companies that I've worked with are very particular in that um, they are – I think I've only worked for one company so far that's been bareback. Okay. Like like required. Like you were not going to do a condom shoot. Right. Um, if you're not okay with that, that's fine. We just can't bring you on. Right. But it was a tested shoot. So myself and the other performers, we've been tested. We were tested usually about three to four days before that. They asked for a test about three to four days before. Okay, so they asked for even a smaller window yeah. than 14 days. Yeah. Okay, that's so they, I mean, if, if you couldn't do it, fine, but they said they, they really strongly suggest you go about three days before. It okay. also gives them some time. Like some people will test the day before, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, guess what? I have chlamydia. And then we yeah, can't. yeah. that's another rule, too, is like you can't test the day before the shoot because if you come into the shoot and your results don't come into that morning. And, yeah. and I had an incident actually where a girl came in and had a false positive. Positive. She didn't mm-hmm. have an STD, but you know sometimes the lab fucks sure. up. And yeah. she came in, and her test came in that morning, and she was already in makeup. She had a, and she's like, "I know I don't have this. I haven't yeah. had sex in like two months." And I'm like, "But you know I can't shoot you yeah, with, with that it. in the system saying right. that you have this." Right. She went back, she retested, she didn't have it, but you know I still had to kill the shoot. Sure, yeah. So I've I've shot um, some scenes where it's bareback. Um, I've shot some trans scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Trans Angels is very uh, pro. I, I don't know still, but I haven't shot for them for a while. They were doing no condom, mm-hmm. but they were very um, rigid on testing. Well, that makes sense because they're owned by MindGeek. Right. And MindGeek is, you know, they own Twisties, right. Browsers, yeah. Digital Playground, Wicked, right. everything. And right. they are, su- and I work for MindGeek a lot, and they are super strict about yeah. testing. So testing protocols were big there. Um, and then the other gay scenes that I've had are condom or condom. Um, optional mm-hmm. if both parties are tested and they agree to it and you know it's their choice as, as performers they feel good about it um, there are companies that I have not worked for so I can't speak firsthand that are no test mm-hmm. um, no condoms condom optional test optional um, and I have not shot for them okay um, would you consider those to be like less you know, because there's like different tiers of porn. Like I know definitely in like the straight porn industry, sure. there's like the top professional companies, like all the MindGeek brands. Sure. And, you know, like uh, Greg Lansky's brands and um, Naughty America and, you mm-hmm. know, all the top mainstream quote unquote yeah. porn industries. But then, of course, there's always like the smaller companies that maybe only do clips for sale and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they probably don't follow the same rigorous testing procedures sure. that the rest of us do. But they're more like underground. Right. Is that kind of like what that – that company that you're talking about. Yeah, I think that there's I think that there's an audience out there and I'm I'm not judging them at all for this. There's an audience out there that's like, "Hey, I think it's hot. 
that the two guys are going at it without a condom on, and it's their choice. And if they mm-hmm. both have, you know, STDs or HIV, they're giving back to each other. Then right, right. It doesn't really matter. Um, and that's all they're shooting. Mm-hmm. I think the thing to remember, too, is that these guys that are shooting those types of scenes for those types of companies are no way, shape, or form are going to straight porn and going, hey, can I shoot with, mm-hmm. you know, these big companies? They're just right. not. Right. Um, and so when you talk about crossover performers, and I thought about this the other day. I talked to my buddy uh, Lance Hart, who's – in my mind, the biggest crossover performer that I know, mm-hmm. um, there's like five of us left. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's me and a handful of guys that can top, we can bottom, we can shoot trans, femdom, gay, and mm-hmm. straight. Mm-hmm. There's like five, six. Mm-hmm. And if we're only shooting for certain companies that are requiring tests and requiring condoms, well, I don't, there's not a lot of risk left. You right. know? And I've, made, I've, been, I've been contacted by a lot of those companies that are like, well, we're a little lax on the – Mm-hmm. You know, testing, if you want to get tested, great, but you don't have to use a con. And I just choose not to shoot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I don't respect what they're doing. I don't judge what they're doing. Um, it's just that I know that in the long term, it's going to affect the other people that I work with mm-hmm. or, the, or how I'm viewed to work with those other people. Right. Because um, they're going to feel like you're engaging in unsafe sex sure. practices. Yeah. And they don't want to bring that into our very rigid testing Absolutely. straight. Yeah. You know, because we're trying to keep the government off our back. Right. You know, um, so like we're super. And I guess it's interesting too because – I, I mean, it's interesting how like the straight industry is so strict about that, and it seems like the gay community not not as much. And I just yeah. wonder if it's because we're being the government's coming after us because we're more visible mm. and like not so much the yeah, gay I don't community. Know. I don't know. I think I think for a lot of and, I, and this is just my opinion, um, and certainly it doesn't bring it doesn't make it fact or anything else. It's just my opinion. But I think with the introduction of prep. Mm-hmm. When, when prep was introduced, okay. So can you explain so what prep, prep is? So prep is a uh, it's a prophylactic. Uh, it's something you take beforehand. You take every single day, and by doing so, you basically eliminate your risk of catching uh, HIV. So it's it's pretty much like a vaccine, sort of taking yeah pill yeah. every single day. Now, right. if you don't take it every day, I think if you miss it for like two days, it goes from ninety nine point nine percent to like seventy eight percent. Ninety nine point nine percent. That's crazy. Yeah, like it's you. If if I'm on prep and I have unprotected sex for whatever reason with somebody who has HIV, uh-huh. but they're on their medication, uh-huh. I, I will not get it. It's non-transferable. Wow. Um, there's something called undetectable uh-huh. um, for HIV. Basically what that means is they're taking their medication on a regular basis and what was detectable, their viral load was high enough to where it was detected in a mm-hmm. test, has now come down so low. Mm-hmm. And my understanding from um, all of the industry people is that our testing through uh, industry testing is actually better our standards are higher mm-hmm. than uh, the Center for Disease Control. So if somebody says, I'm undetectable through talent testing or CET, which mm-hmm. is our two big ones that we use, they're literally not – they cannot transfer HIV, mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm if I'm on the receiving end of that and I'm on PrEP. Mm-hmm. So I think once people started taking PrEP and PrEP was introduced to the community, it's like, well, are condoms really a big deal? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, I can't catch HIV. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing I could get is maybe chlamydia or gonorrhea, and God mm-hmm. knows that's like the flu. You know, I, <laughs> I can take a pill and it's gone in four right. days, right? right? So um, I've had colds that last longer, right? Yeah. So um, my opinion is that I think that has something to do with it, mm-hmm. that condoms became not as critical mm-hmm. if there's, uh, you know, this prep and these other things in place. Not that it's right, just that I think that might be part of it. Okay. Um, so another next question, what would be your advice to a, um, 
young man, or mm-hmm. maybe not so young, um, gay or bi man who's interested in coming into the adult industry. Is there anything that you have learned in your, you know, experience yeah. that you wish you had known when you had come in? Oh fuck yeah! Um, so when I started doing porn, I was under this naive idea that the porn community is just open, right? Like we're sexual deviants. No matter what, we have to just call it what it is. We're a little bit of sexual deviants, right? Like we fuck for a living. Right. Uh, we have to do things that most people just don't even dream of right. in order for us to be able to have a good time having sex. Right. Um, and so knowing that, I'm like, well, then everybody's probably very open. Like mm-hmm. nobody cares if I have sex with a guy and mm-hmm. then a girl. Mm-hmm. No one cares if I go down on a trans girl. Mm-hmm. Wow, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't realize that until after I did my trans scene. Mm-hmm. And I was actually referred to a very big agency by a mainstream, wonderful uh, female performer. And I called them and they said, have you ever done a trans scene? And I said, yeah, yesterday. First one ever. And they said, oh, shit. Yeah. No. We can't even talk to you. Wow. And I was like, that was, that was the first time yeah. that I had ever even thought that, oh, my God, I would be – uh, Basically stigmatized. Well, I mean, literally. I was like, you cannot. They, we Isn't cannot. it interesting that you were stigmatized in an industry that is stigmatized? Yeah. It's like double stigmatized. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is not what I thought. Right. And at that moment, I made the decision that I was going to shoot whatever the fuck I wanted, mm-hmm. when I wanted, with whoever I wanted to shoot with. I mm-hmm. just didn't care. Right. Um, I did this for me. I didn't do it because I was 19 and needed to make rent. I did mm-hmm. this because I wanted to just completely go explore my sexuality and make some money doing it. Mm-hmm. So I made that choice. I'm going to shoot whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did because I actually work far more than I think I would if, had I just tried to go in and do straight porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy I made that decision. And that would be the one piece of advice that I would give anybody is be sure about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, because once it's on the internet, oh god, it's there forever. Yeah, the, I tell people yeah, that all the time. The internet you can't doesn't forget. Fucking delete it. You can't. Yeah. And I, I've known some people that had shot gay porn in the past, and then they try to like distance yep. it and then start yep. shooting straight. I know a couple people like that, and, and it still haunts them. Well, they've gone on set a couple of times, and they go, "Wait a minute!" And yep. then all of a sudden, they get a phone call from their agent, goes, "Nope, you're not yep. shooting that with that person." Yep. Um, so just be aware of that. I think, mm-hmm. and it's getting so much better. Like you mm-hmm. said, when I first started. But now three years ago, I had a conversation with Tom Moore, and I said, for some reason, I feel like the trans genre of porn is going to blow up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the fastest growing soon. Mm-hmm. Because only so many times you can fuck the pizza guy. There's so many, so many times you can fuck your stepson. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, how many times? And I said, in oh, one God. area that we really have not put yeah. the time, energy, attention, and focus, really that it deserves, mm-hmm. um, is in the trans market. Mm. And sure as shit. I think we're starting to see it. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see people like MindGeek pick up and mm-hmm. spend a buttload of money per scene. And I, from what I've heard from the producers, uh, they're, it's like their fastest growing like genre. I mean, they're killing it. Yeah, It's kind of an untapped market that totally. a lot of people are getting interested in. I actually had a big mainstream director who I had on the show um, ask me afterwards um, if like I was ever considered like, shooting trans stuff because mm-hmm. like they thought that that was like the next big yeah. thing and like my background in glamour and that kind of mm-hmm. thing would like be perfect yeah for that whole that whole area yeah so. i mean we shot i think uh so aubrey kate I, as my understanding is one of the first trans girls to ever get a full contract 
mm. and from Evil Angel. Oh, yes, from Evil Angel, yes. And right before that happened, um, she she picked me and a handful of guys to do her first ever gangbang. It was mm-hmm. like six of us. Mm-hmm. And it was shot by Evil Angel, and it was beautiful, and it was shot in like this multi-million dollar loft in mm-hmm. Vegas, and it was just so high-end. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is exactly what should be happening. Yes. And so I think that's that's the one piece of advice that I would give guys coming in is like, make sure you shoot what you want to shoot, but don't be afraid. Like, don't be turned off by the fact that, hey, this really turns me on. I'm really into trans or I'm really into bi porn. But if I shoot it, I'm going to be cast aside or I'm going to mm-hmm. be looked at differently because things are fucking changing. Mm-hmm. And what might be weird today or like not comfortable today could be completely okay in, in a month or two if you just stick with what you believe in. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's really interesting to see the way that the industry has changed. Um, okay, so my last question for you is you recently became a producer and director for Trans Erotica. Yeah, so I mean, this is so fresh. Like, I just kind of got the contract today, uh, talked to them yesterday. I, uh, it's been something I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, there's been two projects that I really wanted to work on and mm-hmm. I really wanted to start. One was a gate project, which I started on my own. I'm going to be releasing on my own. Um, it's sort of, it's just very, it's, it's a little bit lower. Uh, on the budget scale, but um, by design, mm-hmm. um, and you're looking for like a more kind of amateurish kind of yeah. The actual t- the, the name of the website's called Bathhouse Boys, okay, and it's basically just kind of guys hooking up, um, but done in a way that's it's it's a little bit it's a little bit nicer and elegant. It's not like camera phone shit, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. dark hallway, um, but it still kind of gives that kind of raw gritty raw, Gonzo real, feel to okay. it. Yeah, but the other one that was really kind of has been in my mind for a while is I've after working with the trans girls for I don't know six months or so I, I started to recognize how many of them were really miscast or being asked to top mm. and fuck guys when really they were hoping to bottom or they really wanted to and um it's not all there's a lot of trans girls that that still love topping mm-hmm. um and they're great at it, but there's a lot of girls that are being asked um you know my roommate, for example, I have a roommate who's a trans um performer, and she's just like i don't I don't even recognize my dick like it's mm-hmm. there, but don't talk about it like it's mm-hmm. you know I don't want to talk about it um I don't want to be sucking it, I don't jerk it off on camera mm-hmm. um she doesn't even really take her underwear off when she cams, and she's got fifty thousand followers that mm-hmm. you know come in and see her all the time. And she has been passed on by a lot of different companies because she refuses to talk. Mm. And so I thought, why can't we just create something where we let the girl choose? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a big believer that the market, what is being, what's considered hot is Mm -hmm. what we're telling people are hot. Mm. Like, I don't think one day the whole world woke up and said, you know, it'd be hot taboo porn. <laughs> right. So I think we, they, we kind of introduced it and people thought, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then we started interesting it more and we just created a market. Yeah. And also too, like a lot of what people are looking at now, especially since everything's on the internet, they're looking at analytics and they're looking at numbers. And so yeah. they're seeing that. And then they're just kind of getting caught in this cycle and just regurgitating the same shit mm-hmm. because that's like the numbers that they're seeing hitting. Yeah. And so like there's, we're almost like stagnant in the same type of porn that we've been producing. Yeah. I mean, you definitely see this in the faux incest stuff in the straight industry. Yeah. I mean, Jesus fucking, every person I have on the show is so sick of that shit. Yeah. We're all sick of it. We're like, yeah. God damn it. Like, can we shoot yeah. something else? But it like, it sells, yeah. I guess. So Stop like people keep There's wanting us people. to keep doing yeah. it. But, um, you know, we, I feel like we're not really 
exploring other avenues that yeah. people might yeah. like because all they're getting is this faux incest porn yeah. stuff. So, yeah. So I, I said, there's got to be a way to let girls choose. Like, do you want a top? Do you want a bottom? Who do you want to have sex with? How do you want to have sex with them? Um, and there's something to me personally very erotic, hot, and sexy about two people having sex just the way they want to. Mm. Like, just find chemistry. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes and I talked about this last night, is that can you imagine if every performer, I know it's not realistic, said, okay, who do you want to work with? Who mm-hmm. are you completely turned on by and you know would have a great scene, regardless of what how many followers they have or how many scenes they've done, um, whether they're crossover or not. And everybody that worked together at some point, they just worked with somebody that they really wanted to fuck mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, how great would that scene be? And so I came up with an idea of it's sort of a reimagination of the old bang bus. So mm-hmm. if you guys remember the old bang bus, oh, it was yeah. like Gonzo, pick him up, you know, we pick, pick up him this, up in the bus, right. the girl in the back, they fuck unsuspecting the girl. kind of thing. Yeah, and then they like throw them out of right. the bus afterwards. So, like, fuck you yeah. later. So that part I I'm not keeping. Oh, you're um, not you're no, not gonna throw them out gonna throw like them out. trash on no, the street yeah. afterwards. No, no, that's some, nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what what I came up with was flip the roles. There's two girls driving this van that mm-hmm. are both trans. And the male talent or female talent, whoever we're working with that day, they know it's coming. Yeah. They just don't know when, they don't know how, they don't know where. And I could be having coffee with them and talking about what's coming up later. And then all of a sudden this van rolls up and, you know, it's a nice Mercedes Sprinter van. And all of a sudden the girls jump out. Yeah. All of a sudden the girls jump out and they're like, hey. And that's their, they just know, like, oh shit, it's on. And now, this is called transportation. Transportation. Right? Oh, that's yeah. so clever. So yeah, transportation.triplex <laughs> will be the website, and uh, we're going to start shooting right away um, now that we've got all the paperwork shit mm-hmm. and attorney shit done. Yeah. Um, and that, that, to me, I'm letting the girls choose. You can kidnap this guy and then go ha- make him fuck you if mm-hmm. you want to bottom. That's mm-hmm. fine. Or you can kidnap this girl and you can have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really going to be dependent on what everybody wants and yeah. what will be fun for them. There's no script. Yeah. One girl's holding a camera. There's GoPros everywhere. And there's going to be a chase vehicle with a high-def camera. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. But yeah. um, I think there's just there's a, a missing piece for that. I think that there's a lot of girls out there that would love to just have fun mm-hmm. and not sit there and worry about their heart on all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that a lot. I've seen yeah. so many stress issues about, I don't want to talk today and I can't get my dick hard. And, yeah. you know, if we could eliminate just that and let them yeah. have sex the way they want to. Right. Who knows what would happen? You know, I'm so game for that. And it's funny because that when I shoot for my own website, um, which isn't as often as I would like, uh, I always, always ask the girl who she wants to work with. Mm-hmm. Always. Because, like, I just know, like, if you get to pick someone you have chemistry with, you're going to have a great scene. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I going to put you with someone that you don't like? Yeah. You know, and I've, I've had that problem with other companies. They're very specific. And I get it, you know, like, a lot of times, you know, they have very specific scripts and, you know, somebody needs to fit a very specific character. So I understand that. But for me, like the most genuine scenes that you're going to get is when the performers get to choose who they want to work with. Sure. And it's interesting because I'm going to be doing a boy-girl shoot with Alexis Fox Mm -hmm. um, in a couple of weeks. And I asked her, I was like, hey, who do you want to work with? She's like, I want to work with Isaiah Maxwell. Like I've never worked with him before. And I'm like, great. And for those of you who don't know, Isaiah Maxwell is a black man. And so we're going to be shooting what I guess is an IR scene, but I'm not planning it as an IR scene. Like he's just a hot dude she wants to fuck him i'm gonna make it happen i don't want to play on the whole race thing or anything like that i just want two people who are into each other who have chemistry to just have a fucking great time because i think that's that's when you get the best right oh you funny thing about that is my so helena's very first ever 
uh, porn scene when she decided to start performing was with Isaiah. Mm, and it was, a, yeah, it was a cuck so scene. And she literally texted me afterwards. She goes, I have never, ever, ever felt like this after sex before. And so I watched the scene yeah. and it is, I died laughing because it's so funny and so amazing to watch somebody get fucked so well mm-hmm. that they can't use they can't use their words <laughs> and so literally the, the other people were finishing her sentences yeah, for yeah. her and it was just a, like and so drunk. to your point it was like she was just that was awesome for her like yeah. she was such an amazing sex partner and that scene is insane like it's so good and yeah. i'm like it, that was just created because two people that were really into each other had sex yeah yeah right? and so. i find that that's that's you know and it's I don't know. It's interesting because it's like, you know, look, there's a lot of performers in the industry and some of them, you know, are very popular who you can just tell they're not that into it, you know, but they're really beautiful or they have this amazing body or whatever. But it's funny because like fans, they kind of know. They can tell. Like you can fake sex, but you kind of can't. Yeah. Like there's a difference between like a genuine sexual, um, experience being mm-hmm. filmed on camera and then just two people who are being paid to come in and put a penis in and out of yeah. your vagina many times. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like you can see that and I feel like the fans can see that too. Yeah. I, I definitely, and I feel it as a performer. Yes. Um, I've been so lucky with almost uh, pretty much all of my gay scenes that I've gotten lately. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've been shooting a lot more gay, uh, gay scenes, every single one of them, I have fucked a pop. Mm. Even with condom. Mm. And it's because me and that person mm-hmm. either know each other or we hung out with each other for mm-hmm. a few hours before set. It's, I mean, I've had, I've had four or five experiences where me and that person just had sex before we even started shooting. Yeah. We just showed up on set and hung out. And yeah. I was like, by the time we got to shooting, it was just like, all right, let's just finish what we started. Yeah. And the scenes are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also, too, I'm going to jump in once again and explain fuck to pop. Because okay. I, I know it's funny, yeah. right? Once I've like had this in my right. mind, I'm like, I got to think about what people don't understand if they don't work in the industry so there's two ways that like generally one will set up a cum shot um when you're doing a scene and one of them is fuck to pop which means the guy basically fucks whoever it is and then come can mm-hmm. come right away off of that and then there's some guys that like to jerk to pop which means you have to set it up so you know you 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 finish that position and then they kind of act like they're about to come but then you cut you put them in the, you know, if you're going to do a facial, you know, the girl gets on her knees, whatever the standard is, the guy stands over her, and then um, he basically jerks until he thinks he's at that edge, and then you start filming, and then he comes. So right. those are generally less um, uh, genuine because the girl actually isn't really getting the guy off. He's mm-hmm. got to get himself off in whatever way works for him, whereas a fuck to pop is more like, you know, the girl is getting him to the edge and then he's finishing yeah. immediately. So those are like two different ways that one can set up a cum shot. So I just wanted to point that out that generally a fuck to pop scene is something where there's um, a little bit more chemistry yeah. um, or intimacy between the two. Or, you know, some guys are just generally, they like they just, just set up to pop and that's yeah. just how they work. Sure. And that works for them. You know, that's fine. Yeah. We can fix it in editing and you'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. But he, I was on my phone for 15 minutes watching porn. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> guys have to like gotta get, sometimes guys have to literally like yeah. look at porn. They've got a hot chick right there and they've got to look at other porn of other people right. to finish. Right. But, you know, I mean, hey, I have so much Who's respect for guys who work in the industry cuz it is such a difficult fucking job. I mean, having to be hard on command 
for a long period of time and you you know you don't always like your partner it doesn't always sure. work out that you guys have chemistry and then you got to like come on command i mean jesus christ i could never in a million fucking years do that and you know women we don't have to do that we can just kind of throw some lube down there and fake it but guys can't fake it right so um you know i'm all for like whatever works for you like i respect that and i will work with whatever you know works for you so Good. Dee, thank you so much for coming thank you. on. I really appreciate it. I feel like this was a really great conversation, super enlightening. I learned a lot. I hope that my audience learned a lot. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, and can you also tell them um, about your website yeah. and where they can see all your scenes? Um, so uh, on social media, Twitter, it's D dot and then A R C L Y T E, uh, and then on um, Instagram, I had it canceled like three times. Uh, so it's D dot A-R-C-L-Y-T-E, Las Vegas, or L-V. Um, uh, very, I don't post that much on Twitter, or I mean on um, Instagram, so most stuff's on Twitter. Uh, as far as website, uh, right now, uh, the website for transportations and development, so that will be coming. I'll have a ton of stuff on Twitter about that. And then for the rest of my scenes, I think um, just stay tuned to my Twitter. I'm working all the time, all over the place. I usually have two or three DVDs that are coming out a week now. It's crazy. Like yesterday, just... Icon Mail got released. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shooting for them quite a bit now. Um, and then kink.com mm-hmm. are still my bread and butter. I love them yeah. in my home, and I shoot for them a lot. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Holly Randall, on Instagram as well. And if you want to support this podcast, which I would very much appreciate um, because I'm really trying to pour a lot more time and energy into it. And um, I need to be able to pay my bills with it at some point. Um, you can go to my Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Or if you can't donate money, which I totally understand, it is hard for all of us these days. Um, if you would go to my podcast on iTunes and if you would leave me a review and a five-star rating, that will help push me up in the ratings and that will bring me more traffic and that will also help me a ton. So um, whichever way you can support me is super appreciated. I also just rebuilt my YouTube website. So you can go to YouTube slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered and you can see all of the videos from all of these interviews I will be posting on there. So thank you guys for your support and make sure you come back next week. Well, that was a really enlightening show. I think that um, he really touched on and answered a lot of very important, very controversial questions about you know, the gay porn industry, the trans porn industry, his plans on um, improving the product in the trans porn industry. That is a, that is a part of um, the adult industry that's really kind of just starting to pick up steam. And, um, you know, more and more people are getting into producing transgender porn. And, you know, it's just really interesting to see somebody here who is going to be approaching it in a different way. And, you know, all of the things that he told us about what it was like to come out as a gay man, what it's like to work on both sides. I really appreciate all the insight that he provided. So thank you so much, Light, for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Next week, I am so excited for two reasons. First of all, it is my birthday next week, September 5th, and I'm turning 40. Can you believe it? That's so insane. And 
The other reason I'm excited is that I will have Tara Patrick on the show. So make sure that you guys tune in for that. She is an old friend. She is one of the biggest names in adult. And if you don't know who she is, definitely go look her up. Um, she was a big like contract star in the golden age back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And she's just an overall incredible person. And I'm so excited to catch up with her and get to see her. So make sure that you tune in next week. For Holly Randall Unfiltered with Tara Patrick.